You're listening to The Bombad Generals. General? Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of Bombad Generals with myself, Matt Bronson. And I'm Seth. And we do have a third co-host, but unfortunately, uh, Todd was not able to make it today. He's got some family stuff going on. But he promised for episode number two, he is going to be here. But we want to get going. We want to get this to the masses. A little bit about the Bombad Generals is we are a competitive Star Wars Legion tactics podcast where all we want to talk about is competitive tactics focus. We want to keep it to a nice half hour. Make sure to respect your time, um, but also just to have fun. For me, the vibe I really wanted to recreate was when you've got a bunch of players in between rounds at a tournament just sitting around, talking tactics, talking lists, list building, what they're seeing in the meta, those sorts of things. Just real laid back, but also some very interesting and uh, tactical insights. So for our first segment, we've got, what have you been running recently? So recently we both got a chance to uh, repeat the same list six times at Golden State Games down in Antioch, California. A Worlds Qualifier event, top four get Worlds invites, top place gets a comped flight and accommodations to Worlds. 26 people in the end, so a decent showing, but um, not the biggest, but a, a dense field, I would say. Some very good players. Absolutely, some very good players indeed. Met a lot of awesome local California people, even from people out of town. Both myself and Matt are from out of town, so we both traveled there. It was great. Had a blast. So, Matt, what were you running at GSG? Right, so what I was running was basically just Boba, IG-88, and a chunky gun line. So, a couple pikes a T-21 Specialist, Mortar, sure, um, a couple Snipers, Capo, Officer, a smooth 11-axe with an 18-point bid. You know, just your everyday Empire list. Your everyday Empire list? But I'm hearing no Iden in that. No Iden. I had been running Iden Double Bounty for the previous tournament, the SoCal Open, but I found that the list was just a little too... Flimsy. It was a bit of a house of cards. It could be really powerful, but it could also fall apart really quickly. And it didn't have that really big punch to take advantage uh, of an opponent's mistake. I think, honestly, probably 75% of Legion is just taking the opportunities that your opponent gives to you. And when you only have chip damage plus a couple big hitting characters, it, it can be hard to do that. So essentially, turning Iden and the ISF into what I like to call the Pike Package, a Pike Capo and then two of the Disruptor Pike Core with the Capo unit upgrades on them for 80 points each. So that freed up a bunch of points to also get a T21 and a Specialist on a Stormtrooper unit. So now I've got three core that can hit, I've got two Support Commanders, and I've got the two Bounty Hunters, as opposed to just, you know... A sniper rifle from Aiden, Inferno doing what they do, and two bounty hunters and a whole bunch of pass activations. And then how about you, Seth? What were you rocking for, for Golden State Games? Yeah, for, for GSG, I was rocking uh, the infamous Gar list. Um, Yoda, Chewbacca, 
with a with a Wookiee unit, triple barks and three phase ones, two with C6s. Um, Yoda's upgrades were including burst of speed, force push, force reflexes, and vigilance. And then Chewie was rocking protector, recon intel. Now, the interesting part of that list is actually the Chewbacca-Yoda combo um, with the addition of the Wookiees. And so my Barks and my Phase 1s, like, they honestly, they're trash. Like, they can die. All they are there is just to take fire or run, do bombing run. And so everything else relies on Yoda, Chewbacca, and the Wookiees. And the big play about that is, like, uh, the great thing about Yoda and Chewie's Yoda can get anywhere throughout the board. So Yoda run in with the burst of speed and his one pip and size matter. Sometimes you can, you have a huge threat range to where the next turn Yoda can be in your face when he's range six away. And then using those wikis as a big bunch with the bowcaster for range and a melee threat with guidance, having charge and then relentless turn for them. Um, having a range three shot with their bowcaster uh, moving up, getting a relentless shot and then moving them back with guidance is huge getting three what is it total i think it's like uh eight eight dice usually i can get an opponent in light cover of the open and pierce one shot right there with surge to hit it's a lot of dice a lot of hit a lot of punch in that wookies but the unfortunate thing is that they rely so much on yon and the wookies that if wookies had you know die or yoda dies like the list falls through unfortunately but if chewbacca dies it's totally fine it's I've seen a lot of people run, you know, the Yoda Chewie list where they're trying to use Chewie kind of in that role as the extra threat with Yoda to be guidanced and, you know, doing charge attacks or relentless. But really, that's not his role. He's there to support Yoda with Guardian and with the uh, backpack card. So really, I do like the version having the Wookiees in there. They're a bit beefier. They've got a huge punch. So I really I really do like that version. I know in the elimination stage for Invader League, you were running a similar list concept, but you had it up to 10x, basically taking away the two Z6s and getting a naked pike squad. What made you change from 10x back down to the 9x version that you settled on? Oh man, uh, one of the things about playing Yoda is that there is no room for error when playing him, especially on Yoda, Chewie, and the Wookiees. There's no room for error. And so going up to 10x instead of 9 and removing the heavies off the phase 1s even made that more so. So where like if I made a slight error with Yoda, whether it be a range or um, even a misstep, the heavies are there to make more room for error. And when I went to the 10x, uh, I lost that room. And so I made a, I would even say a super critical error. I just made a little error and I had no no backup from my my core units um, or my barks because I just was rocking small dice pools besides my Wookiees. Even Yoda, he's a small dice pool, but bringing in those heavies, bringing in those big dice pools helps a ton, especially on like a Yoda's three pip where I can fire support with um, Chewbacca and just that's huge dice pools surge to hit Pierce that can actually do a ton of damage and hold my opponent back a lot more than when they don't have heavies. Yeah, so I think we're seeing a trend in both of our decision-making going into this event, playing lists that were effective, but had very little room for error, and beefing them up to give ourselves more room for error, right? So that's something really critical when you're talking about these long six-plus round events. Things are not always going to go your way. Even if you're playing everything, you know, you're making the right decisions, you know, dice are a factor, or just the way the turn zero cards lay out can be a factor. 
there are going to be mistakes. You're going to make them. You need to give yourself as much room for error as you can and and build in that resiliency and those fail safes. Yeah, absolutely. And especially when you get in the higher level of competitive, it, like top four or even top two, not even in the world tournament, like your opponent, they know how to capitalize on your errors. And when you can recognize your opponent's errors and capitalize on that, that would, that makes you different than an average player and takes you to being a great player. So I don't want to bore people with uh, excruciating details about all the games we played. But let's just talk quickly uh, over some some of the matchups and anything we want to highlight. So I guess I'll start with myself for day one. Uh, I played the Shadow Collective Mall double bounty list. I think it maxed out at eight activations, and that's just a tough time for that list, a tough matchup when I can go last with three or four units. Uh, so I was able to take that one. And then Blizzard Force was my second game. Uh, and that was a game where Bounty really showed its worth. Basically, Boba was able to grab a Bounty on the generic officer and flip the game, turn me from the attacker into the defender. So my opponent had to get risky with Vader, lost Vader, and I'm able to take the center KP when otherwise I might not have. And then the third game was actually the, the game I lost in day one. That was against uh, Maul AAT, piloted by Pullmark on the Discord, Brad. Very good player. He did exactly you know what he needed to do. So recover came up in the third slot. So I knew we we would play it if he wanted to, and he wanted to. He basically grabbed it right at the start of turn two with Maul, and then started running, and you know won the roll off on turn two, so he didn't get whip corded and die in the middle of the field. And the thing I wanted to highlight in this game is the mistake I made, which was not thinking through completely about what cards in my battle deck were really better for my opponent because I was blue player and as blue player you know you all the cards in your battle deck are good for you but that doesn't necessarily mean you want to play them in all matchups because I chose to play supply drop and really at the end of the day that's what sunk me because his mall got Field Scanner, so he got extra dodges. He got a Bacta, so he got a heal. So I really was just shooting myself in the foot because Maul got away on one wound and he would have died way, way sooner if we hadn't played Supply Drop. And that was completely within my hands. I'm sitting there thinking, ah, oh, yeah, Supply Drop, that's good for me. It'll be a, a fun one, always, a, always an exciting game, Supply Drop. I, usually I see this with fortified positions, and I've been on the other side because I play a lot of armies with, you know, Luke DLTs, Maul Pikes that really love the barricades. And I think usually people settle for something like fortified because they say, oh yeah, more cover. Everyone loves more cover, but some people love more cover more than other people. So things to really be aware of when you are using your own battle deck that mm, just because you do like something doesn't mean that you're actually advantaged by using that card. Yeah, that's really good. So how about you? Uh, how did your uh, day one go? Yeah, so my day one went really well. I went 3-0 and uh, day one. Round one, I faced a six-act CIS list. It was Dooku, Maul, and AAT. And six acts going up against... I never thought it, as a Yoda player I would out-act someone by three acts, but that it happened, and we played Hostage Exchange, and... Um, not not a not a fun time for my opponent and Yoda. Yoda did his Yoda stuff, and I took that game. 
Yeah, Yoda with uh, three lasts. Very good. News at 11. My second game, I actually went up against a Din Cassian K2 list. It was a 10 act. We were playing Cover the Supplies. This was probably a tougher game for me um, because he played Din so uniquely and he played K2 and Cassian a little bit more aggressive. So Cassian was in the pistol config. What shocked me is he had a bounty on Chewbacca and usually Chewbacca is easy to kill with only with nine wounds um, because white saves um but he dove his den into the wookies instead of chewbacca which i think was a mistake on his end um i think mainly he just didn't want to go up against yoda because yoda's right there hanging out with chewbacca by turn one i already had the first recover so i was already playing on the def defensively and so um him diving into my wookies instead of chewbacca really just i feel like cost him the game because then my wookies can just beat you up and then i tied din up in melee because the great great thing about din playing against Din, you just got to get him in melee and he's no threat you know <laughs> so because uh, he has no way to get out of it and especially like wookies in melee with din like I'm, I'm a happy guy it was an interesting game not my not a normal game that i played but took the win on that third game was a very interesting game i went up against a anakin padme gun line versus you know my yoda not gun line and the really interesting thing is we played sabotage and mush evaporators so all i needed to do was just get yoda to tap a vap and make sure he didn't tap a vap because i know anakin's not going to be super aggressive on a vap mainly they just want to hang out because they he ha he was rocking the double overwatch standbys and so he wanted to just sit there and just hey you come into me so i was like okay but you're a blue so player right i am blue player i'm blue yeah. player so it's great so but as a blue player vat player with yoda I play aggressive and so i'm like my whole objective is to tap your vaps like i'm not even worried about you uh tapping my vaps so i i just dove right in and honestly my barks and my p p1s with chewbacca they out gun lined his gun line which is which is odd and so my my because i had pierce he had no pierce so i was piercing shots off with uh, my chewbacca with fire support um and i one of the one of the critical things that I think I learned from that is that I didn't use Chewbacca as a die for Yoda. I mainly just used Chewbacca as a support for my P1s. Um, and that just like really reiterates why I brought the heavies is because like I had that firepower. So eventually Yoda and the Wookiees did reach the VAP and they double tapped it. So it was a score four to two. And that was a really fun game. There we go. So that takes us to day two. So uh, you getting through no problem with your 3-0. I just squeak by on some tiebreakers, but we're both making it. It's a bracket style day two, so uh, we're on opposite sides of the bracket. Oh, spoiler Thank alert. God. Yeah, exactly. So we know that if we, we won't have to do a team kill unless we both make finals, in which case, hey, that's a good problem to have. Um, my first couple games are against probably the two lists that you are going to fear most in this meta, uh, Maul Pikes and Blizzard Force. Both games, I felt like I was making okay decisions, but also just having a lot of saves on the opposite side um, and just having to, I had to pull out a lot of tricks. In both games, Boba came up big and back capped their home objective on key positions. Uh, so I was able to pull those ones out basically just by the skin of my teeth. Really, the universe where I, I squeak out with both of those games is uh, an unlikely one, but I'll take it. Uh, and then 
I'll let you talk about your first couple games before we talk about the finals. Yeah, so my first game I faced a my first game I faced a Magna Pike AAT list with Bosk, uh, and we played Bombing Run. So at the start, it was a great turn turn zero for me because in the in the second and the third slot I was blue player uh, was hostage exchange and bombing run and so with my triple barks and he had no speed except some bosk with scale and I felt very comfortable and very confident with bombing run so I just um, I took that and then my second game I actually played your opponent that you lost to on day one uh, Brad Pull March in the Discord. Vengeance. Uh, vengeance. And so, Here we go. Uh, fun fact, he, we had a bounty out. If you took out two Jar Jar Sphinx flayers, you would get a limited edition Jar Jar Sphinx um, army holder. And I did not want to give it out, so I was really making, I was really pulling for you to, to come through on that one. We were running Sabotage the Moisture Evaporator, and I, like my boot player, I was a little bit aggressive on my first placement, but turn one, uh, I played a one pip. He played, I believe, uh, the one pip as well um, for um, your super attack, um, and I wanted to draw out uh, my core unit to get just have the core unit get on the VAP because I mismeasured range and he had a sniper in AAT on an open shot for the P1s and so I had to rely on dice a lot on turn one to so my P1 just didn't die uh, before they didn't tap it and fortunately they did tap it on turn one but they did die so I was down an act and so I was like well I need to play aggressive because I'm down on victory points and so all I did was just push everything into his vaps and my barks early on got three wounds onto maul I and then Chewbacca came and got another three wounds to maul I, I rolled eight dice against maul and he he died yeah <laughs> uh, so it was a very unfortunate dice on maul taking out maul I think it was turn three um really just set me up for success uh just to uh um come in and win the rest of the game because Yoda had no other competition and i just ignored the aat fun game great game yeah when yoda gets to do whatever the heck he wants usually going to turn out pretty good for you yep so it happened then we were matched up on the final table at gsg the culmination of two days and once again we had recover in the third slot so i was Really nervous going into that, but I played it smarter this time. I did not let you get uh, Supply Drop as well. We ended up playing War Weary and Long March. And really the story of this game is Pikes are good at 11 activations. Basically, I don't think you you really made a mistake, but you had to, you had to move Chewie in kind of at the end of round two yeah. to threaten that backpack play yep. because otherwise... Boba's going to grab that center box, mm -hmm. but you are at nine acts and I'm at 11. So Chewie goes, and then there's two Pike squads with aims that just yep. get to light up Chewie. He does. Okay. He comes out on five wounds, but hint, hint, there's a certain, uh, robot bounty hunter. Yes. Who can do four wounds to a Wookiee. No problem. So the next turn, IG 88 places one pip. Uh, you ended up playing the relentless two pip and just kind of resigning Chewie to death. Even if you had played the backpack card, you know, and given Chewie red saves, when IG-88 shoots him, he still can't use Yoda's dodges. He can't use his own surge tokens. Yeah. So I get why he did it. You know, either way, I've got the one pip. IG goes first, aim shoot, kills Chewie, collects the bounty. So now I'm ahead on kill points. So you can't just grab the box and go because three, three, I still win. And you do the right play. You start 
laying into IG-88 and he just won't die. I laid a Dude ton goes, of dice into I think every activation shot at IG-88. Yeah, he goes like 7 for 7, I think, to start out with on wounds. An impervious shot from the Wookiees. He's rolling 3 mm -hmm. um, against 2 Pierce 1. Hits them all. Like it, All the dice luck I didn't get throughout the weekend. <laughs> all the times IG-88 has gone 1 for 6 and died. Um, it all came back around, so... You just eventually had to get get desperate and um, into into pikes. That's that's gonna go real bad. Yeah, really bad. I think my biggest mistake, honestly, was turn zero. I didn't see long march in the first slot of deployment, and I don't know why I was so fixated on recover the supplies um, that I just totally negated um, the long march. Like deployment matters. Well, because. Usually you've got on pretty much any other deployment, you have the recon intel on Chewie, so then you play Size Matter sometimes, turn one, get up to the middle box, grab it, and then you're off to the race. Yeah, and right? then I'm, I'm off, and then I'm gone. And so yeah. um, that's and then by turn one. basically it comes down to, can I kill Chewie and get a bounty on him fast enough so that you have to come back? Yeah. Um, but on Long March, you can't do that, so you have to play a little slower, which just gives... The double bounty gun line just more mm -hmm. time to to start the attrition war yeah which is not you don't want to be in an attrition war you you can outgun people it can happen but it's not where you want to live no especially not against pikes and a double bounty um list because you have your sharpshooter i don't you have more pierce than i do uh range pierce and uh, and you just honestly just have more dice with your more consistent dice, I should say. And so mm -hmm. um, a lot of mine were just a bunch of small dice pools, especially with the barks. Yeah, it was that was a turn zero mistake that I made. Um, but honestly, if I'm if I'm going to lose anyone, I'm glad I lost to you, Matt. Like, <laughs> yeah. And so, well, I was we, we we had a pact going into that last game. Whoever won was uh was gonna let the other guy come sleep on the couch at uh, adepticon so we knew yeah. we both had free room and board exactly and um, so. the one thing i would highlight for that game is if you're going into a force user make them make a choice right when i when ig was running away with the bounty you know he panicked that was part of it but basically yoda either had to choose go for the middle box or go for ig don't put them in the same spot yeah make them make a choice and commit to one thing or the other exactly but yeah the long and short of gsg um pike's good <laughs> bounty hunter's good bounty hunter's really good <laughs> yeah and yoda good but gar still it's it's a tight rope yoda's, it's a tight yoda's rope very good just needs a little bit more core support there so that was a bit longer for what have you been running but i think we just have to take advantage of the opportunity we were both at a tournament uh, at the same time and and both got to the final table so lots to talk about there so let's head to the break and then when we come back we'll do a little quick hit for tactics this episode is brought to you by admiral akbar's fine burritos after a tough day at the office when you return home one thing should be on your mind akbar's fine burritos all other thoughts go out the window artisanally fin crafted these calamari burritos contain only the finest organic ingredients. When you think snacks, think of Ack Bar. Remember, it's a wrap! And welcome back. So, for today's tactical tactic, I'm taking this one. I'm going to talk about the interaction between a generic officer and a pike capo. 
to specifically the generic officers from Rebels and Empire. They work really well with the capo for a couple reasons. The first is Inspire. The Pike capo can be given out up to three tokens per turn with aid. Their dodge from Independent and then aim dodge on their own turn. But you quickly, unless you're rolling really hot on your suppression dice, you're going to quickly run into suppression issues. The Inspire from the Officer really helps with that. The other thing is something that took me a couple games of practice to realize. And it comes in when you've got essentially Spotter 2 or the same thing can work with Take Cover 2. So what you do is, let's say I'm holding one Pike unit to go last. I've got improvised orders, so I can probably hold them to go very late in the round. So I want to load that unit up. I want to load that unit up with as many aims as possible. So spotter two, you give one aim to the pikes themselves, and then you give the other aim to the pike capo, who then passes that token to the pikes. So they get both of the aims off your spotter two and then they can just go and wreck face. I had multiple times in the tournament, I had triple aimed pike shots at the end of the round. So it's like old school clones where you load them up with tokens and you just go. It's not hard to get eight hits when you've got a full pike squad doing that. So you can do something similar in Rebels and just dodge the heck out of one unit. You really need to stay alive, but I really like the options in Empire when you can do that for offense. So that is today's top tactical tactic. Uh, how to use a Pike Capo and a uh, generic officer from the Galactic Civil War factions. Yes, you heard that right. Top tactical tactic. So our next segment, you're going to hear this every time, um, but it is called our key keyword of the episode. And today's key keyword of the day is the keyword duelist. And so a lot of, there's some units with special forces abilities um, that have this keyword, Wookiees being one. Uh, you also have your Mandalorians with the sword um, being another unit with duelist and also Din uh, with his spear. Um, one of the things I love about duelist, specifically in a guard list, because I'm a big guard player, is I love Wookiees with duelist and I love using duelist mainly as a deterior for force users. To negate their pierce it's great against anakin it's great against vader with those big pierce three um dice pools red consistent dice pools it's great against them and one of the things why is because i use duelist pretty much only as defense i only get give them the dodges uh, with exemplar i give i make sure that padme has a vigilance with the dodge and that wookies are in range two of that dodge so that when they're in melee with the force user my wookies survive and because if you have uh pierce three going up against pierce three or pierce two there's guaranteed a dead wookie right there but you negate their pierce and your wookies actually kind of have a chance and they can hit hard back maybe taking only one wookie down instead of two that's really interesting to me that you're because coming into it i was thinking yeah wookies with duelist it's all about the offense you know you get to spend your aim to re-roll and you get pierce one out of it and, you know, generally, the Wookiee defense against Pierce is, I have no save anyway, so your Pierce is useless. But if we're talking clone lists, you've got Yoda, so his 3-pip, they've got surge tokens, or Anakin, perhaps, you've got surge tokens with Exemplar, so suddenly you can actually start rolling blocks with them. So that is actually doing something, that immunity to Pierce. And then they're immune to Pierce, they're blocking things, and they've got a crap ton of wounds. Those are really defensive Wookiees. 
Absolutely. And the great thing about like Yoda's 3-pip or uh, even Padme when she, after she quick thinkings is they have a defensive ability, but then you have all those aims for uh, whenever you punch back. So even if you're not in melee with a, a pierce unit or a force user um, and you hit back, you still have all those aims to get that pierce back because normally if you have a dodge to share, you typically have also an aim to share that's from my experience uh, and so like most of it is you want to just hold back hold back the hits so that your wookies can hit harder um, also great thing with din uh, with the spear this is why i love din with the spear more than din with the amban is because din with the spear is because he has that independence so with duelist keyword is he can go up against jedi having that dodge or that aim but using that independent dodge or aim more as a defense and less as an offense because if you're in melee with the force user why bring the aim for duelist when they're already immune to pierce no bring it so that you are immune to pierce one sneaky unit as well the Wookiee Chieftain, because he's got Duelist, and he's got really easy access to dodge because he's got Agile, he can take Vigilance to hold the dodge over, and he's got Surging White Defense mm-hmm. on seven wounds. So he's kind of a self-contained Wookiee plus support unit. He has the Surges already, he has the dodges already, so he can really get great defensive value out of Duelist. Absolutely. And the great thing, like, especially if you use the Chieftain or the Wookiees or even the Mandalorians going up against a Force user, what I love to be able to do is because a lot of your force user they to get out of melee, they rely on force push or they rely on killing on the unit. And that wants me to take away one of the options of killing the unit and making them use force push so they can't kill the Wookiees and then double move and force push another unit in. They have to force push the Wookiees out because they can't kill them. No, that makes a lot of sense. That, as I say, the Gar perspective really making me think differently about the defensive utility with Duelist. So, I think that brings us to the end of the very first episode of Bombad Generals. Wisa made it. Wisa made it. (laughs) Uh, it Wisa made it. It was a good time and hopefully we can put these out with some semi-regularity. Thanks so much for listening in to the Bombad Generals, a competitive Star Wars Legion tactics podcast. I'm Seth. And I'm Matt. And stay Gungan. I don't really know what that means. <laughs> this has been the Bombad Generals. Listening to Bombad Generals is not scientifically proven to make you a better Legion player. Side effects may include bad dice rolls, misfigures, aim losses, bankruptcy, divorce, vomiting, and sudden death. Ask your doctor if Bombad Generals is right for you.